Hello, and welcome to the Collider Podcast. I'm Collider Senior Editor Matt Goldberg, and with me is Managing Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. Today, we are doing a summer movie preview, which we didn't get to do last year because (laughs) everything shut down in March. And so it's interesting sort of this summer because a lot of stuff has been moved around and and moved out of it. So for instance, originally for the July 4th weekend, we were going to get Top Gun Maverick, but they decided to move that to November. And yet it feels like this is like a summer where it's sort of like, let's ease back in. Like there are films to draw you back to the theater, but also there are films that are splitting between a theatrical release and a streaming release. Like it, it feels very much like the middle ground that is the wise course of action rather mm-hmm. than the nonsense that we were getting last year where it's like, this will be the movie to bring everyone back at the same time. Like it's not a matter of we all grew bored with movies. That's not the problem here. The problem is, is that we don't feel comfortable going to movie theaters. So I think this release schedule that we have from you know, and we're going to count it basically from June through August because May was kind of a mixed thing. Um, it wasn't the, the May of summer seasons past, but from June through August, you have a nice mixture here of films that I think will, will draw people back. Um, but also sort of, I think, allow room for people to be like, I'm not really comfortable going back to theaters yet, or I have young kids and they haven't been vaccinated. I would rather just stay at home and I'll pay you whatever you want, or I'm already paying if it's in the case of HBO Max. Yeah. So I think, yeah, but it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to run through these films with you and uh, to get your thoughts on it. And I guess, you know, we, if you want to start with, I think, I'm not going to do the June 4th weekend because that's already happened. It's not a preview if it's in the past. Uh, let's, let's look to the future. And so June 11th, what we have coming out in the theaters and on HBO Max is In the Heights. And uh, I don't, Adam, have you seen In the Heights yet? I have not seen In the Heights. I will be seeing it this weekend and I'm very excited. Are you seeing it in a theater? Yes, I. Good. This is like I refuse to watch this movie on HBO Max. <laughs> I refuse to. We're recording this on Monday. They released the first eight minutes. I'm not watching that on YouTube. I am yeah. waiting until I'm in the theater to watch this big, colorful movie musical. Yes, if there is sort of like I mean, there have been movies that are sort of like, oh, this will this will be a good film back. But like, if there's like this is the film to get people back to theaters, to me, it's in the heights. It's it's big and bombastic and colorful and uplifting as what you'd want to see in the communal experience of a theater. I think it's, you know, A Quiet Place Part Two is also a good theatrical experience, but like it's something that just makes you feel good and makes you want to cheer and sing along and get into it, that's in the heights. And I'm, I, yes, it will be available on HBO Max if you don't feel comfortable going to a theater or you just, for whatever reason, and that's fine. There's no, there's no judgment here from me or Adam saying like, well, if you're not going back to theaters, what are you doing? It's like, well, you probably have your own life and your own reasons. But if you do want to go back to the movies, Mm -hmm. like to a movie theater, I think the, uh, you would be well-served paying money to see in the Heights in a theater. Uh, I, that one, I, I have seen it. My review is on the site. I give it my, my highest recommendation. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I do feel like that in A Quiet Place Part 2 are like the perfect one-two punch to like ease back into theaters because like horror movies and like big like theatrical like ooh we're happy movies are like two of the best kind of uh, theatrical experiences in my mind. So mm-hmm. yes, um, I'm I'm really excited to see In the Heights. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Um, okay, so then next week we have a Wednesday release. Uh, on June 16th, we have The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, Adam, did you see The Hitman's Bodyguard? I did not see The Hitman's Bodyguard. <laughs> it's, I wouldn't say it's a good film, but I would say I, I admired it because... So there's Ryan Reynolds, and he has his sort of persona, and then there's Samuel Jackson, and he has his persona, and they were basically paid money to just be like, do the thing that people like that you do in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, we know you're good actors, and if you want to, if you know, there are films where you show your range and you kind of stretch yourself, and that's all well and good. But there's also like Ryan Reynolds, we want to see you wisecracking. Samuel Jackson, we want to see you being a badass. Please do the thing. And they were like, oh, okay. And that was the Hitman's <laughs> Wife's 
the that was the hitman's bodyguard i pretty much expect the hitman's wife's bodyguards to be the exact same thing <laughs> i expect yeah, it to it be looks the- fine i think it was like it's like a direct to dvd movie that like went to theaters accidentally and like did pretty solid so um yeah it's not my cup of tea it's not the kind of thing that i'm going to go to a theater to see it's the kind of thing i would watch on like tbs on a saturday afternoon when i have nothing else to do <laughs> the and that's no digging into the movie but it's not something i'm like eagerly anticipating yeah like i I, I have a screening of it tomorrow and I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'll go, I'll go out. I saw, I went to a screening of the first one, you know, it's fine. I am fine, you know, watching these films. Um, so now for, you know, for this summer movie preview, we're not going to be talking about just movies that are theatrical releases because that would force us to skip over Pixar's next movie, Luca. Um, and it's still a little bewildering to me that they've decided Luca is Disney plus only. And for, and, you know, for Disney plus, if you have Disney plus, you will get Luca. And I get that. Like it was a successful formula for soul. They're like, well, we did it with soul and everyone loved soul and why not? But like, we had to for soul. (laughs) Like it was December. Like we didn't have a choice. It's weird to me that I can't see Luca in a theater, um, when theaters are coming back. I don't understand it. Um, it feels like it's being sidelined. It, it. I don't understand why they couldn't do a hybrid release for it. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Why not put it like do the Raya and the Last Dragon thing, which and even that was early. I mean, the part I do understand is that kids are not necessarily vaccinated yet. Like it's very mm-hmm. early days in terms of getting kids vaccinated. So families as like, you're not seeing a ton of family films on the schedule because families as a whole do not seem to be like eager to go to a theater yet because right. they still kind of scary for your kids um which i totally understand luca is a summer movie but like give them the choice i guess or yeah well that's the thing i mean pixar i mean more than other animated other animation studios is about like our films appeal both to children and adults like there are adults who are vaccinated who would probably like to see luca on the big screen so it's not just like well if you know it's not for kids it's not for anyone why even bother and again to your point you know ray and the last dragon got a hybrid release cruella is pg it's meant for kids and adults weird as that may seem um (laughs) but it is and like even something like black widow like black widow like all marvel movies are really intended for kids and adults like you can buy you know you know you look for any marvel film and there's tons of merchandise marketed directly to kids so this notion that like well we can't do luca because it's for kids it's like yeah but other jungle cruise is going to be in essence for kids as well on some level but you're giving that a hybrid release and it's just it's baffling to me why luca doesn't get that same treatment it feels like a sacrificial lamb. It feels like there is some executive mandate that, all right, now that Soul did X amount of views on Disney+, Plus, we need X amount of movies that are Disney Plus originals, which means we need X amount of movies from Pixar that are Disney Plus originals. You can choose, but you have to give us one. And so, you know, Pixar had to make the, the decision. That's what it feels like to me of, of like, there is some sort of quota in terms of like each studio has to provide x amount of films just for um disney plus and so like marvel is doing tv which is helping them marvel is marvel isn't doing direct to disney plus movies because they make too much money in theaters pixar movies are more hit or miss in theaters i think in terms of box office profits um or or just how much money they will make um but yeah to me that's what it feels like that there was this you know everything is about disney plus at the moment everything is about streaming service forward um and it feels like they they were like, we need an exclusive. You have to give us one. And they chose Luca. Yeah, which is a bummer because, I mean, this we're now back in the era of, you know, for years and years and years, it was nothing but Pixar sequels. And now they're doing originals again. And it's like, haha, they're on Disney Plus. Only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's the uh, um, return of Jafar of, of Pixar movies, <laughs> which return of Jafar, I think is fine. Or at least to my like seven-year-old brain or whatever. I thought it was fine. However old I was when I saw return of Jafar. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like a um, ghettoization kind of, of, especially for a movie that may or may not have some, like it may or may not be a homosexual love story or be coded as such. Um, you know, we'll see, but not great, Bob. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that you're taking, you know, Cruella, Black Widow, Ryan, the Last Dragon, Soul and Luca 
they're all fronted by women or people of color they are all going <laughs> to disney plus or a hybrid release not a great look no not great but you know hey at least we sat through an 18 hour disney plus presentation last year <laughs> that was a fun day it was a fun day um Okay. But I'm excited for Luca, nonetheless. Like in, in terms of the film itself, I am very excited to see it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also on Friday, June 18th, we got a film that we have seen, you and I have both seen, that I want to draw attention to is The Sparks Brothers. Yes. Uh, Edgar Wright's documentary about the band Sparks. Um, and it's a long documentary. It's about two and a half hours. But it's because Sparks has been around for a long time and have like 25 albums over the course of, I want to say, 50 years. <laughs> and... It's a, they're a pretty remarkable band. Like they're, you know, you may not have heard of them and yet they've been incredibly influential. And what's sort of uplifting about the documentary as it's through line is that these are two guys that were just um, going to stay true to their artistic vision, no matter what. They weren't chasing, you know, the hits or wondering where the, the audience was, you know, like what would, what would sell out the most stadiums. They were making music for themselves. And it's sort of this great, you know, ode to artistic integrity. And it's funny and it's, it, by the end of it, you're like, oh, this is now one of my, this is now a band I love. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it with me. So I, I'm, I hope people check out the Sparks Brothers. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films of the year, and I do absolutely nothing about Sparks going in. And Same. that two and a half hour runtime flies by. It's just an absolute joy. So if you like the films of Edgar Wright, you will love his first documentary. Yes. Uh, then on June 25th, we got like, if you're not coming back to the theaters for A Quiet Place 2 or for In the Heights, you will almost definitely be coming back for F9. <laughs> yes. And um, we'll talk more about that film in detail, but I haven't seen it yet. I don't think you've seen it yet. I think it's really only been screened for New York and LA people mm -hmm. at this point. And, and internationally, you know, it's open internationally. And it's open people. internationally. Yeah. yeah. I, my thing with Fast and Furious is I feel like I'm supposed to like Fast and the Furious because it's like, look how crazy it is. And it's so melodramatic. And it, they're talking about family, but also the cars don't, don't follow the rules of physics. And I'm just like, I can take these, all these movies, even like, like the, the, like fast five, I can kind of take them or leave them, man. I, you know, I, I think they're fine. I think, you know, it's, it's, yes, I am amused that this sort of franchise that started out about street racing and stealing DVD players has now become this sort of international, uh, you know, super, you know, universals, essentially superhero franchise. But I, I really don't care, man. <laughs> like, I'll see it and maybe I'll have a good time with it. But like, I saw the fate of, I paid to see the fate of the, the fate of the furious. And I was like, who fucking cares? <laughs> I was like, this is dumb. And like, it's dumb in a way that just feels pandering. Like, ah, oh, look how, what a dumb time we're having. But not in a way that ever feels creative or daring. It's just like, we made the thing blow up the other thing. Okay. You know, I just, I can't, I can't get going for these movies as much as other people can. You are a hater, sir. I am a hater. Must, I must be. I, uh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't, <laughs> under, I don't understand this franchise either, but good for you. Like, I'm glad people like it. It's just never been something that fast five is the only one that I would consider good or, or would consider rewatching. Um, I, you know, I, I liked the first movie when it came out in like the early 2000s, but I do, I would love to read something on like the Fast and Furious fandom. And like, if people who are super into it now, do are they super into the Fast and the Furious, like the Rob Cohen movie? Because that movie's super dated. Um, and really, well, and I'd also like to know, I'd also like to know, like, is it a genuine appreciation or is it an ironic appreciation? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Or is it just kind of like, oh, it's silly and fun and we eat our popcorn and we have a good time. But to mm -hmm. me, I didn't have a good time watching Fate of the Furious. I thought it was really boring. Um, Fury 7, I thought, you know, I think that movie is a really interesting technical achievement. Um, but we'll get we'll get in more into Fast and the Furious when it comes around. Maybe we'll have someone who likes Fast and Furious on to uh, to, to, to tell us why we're wrong. Good. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, that movie's coming out. It's going to make a billion dollars or whatever, so. Yeah. We'll and uh, before we leave June, on June 30th, we have another film that you and I saw last year at Sundance, uh, Zola, which yes. is a wild film. And I, I, I kind of want people to go into it cold. Like what, it kind of sounds like, oh, they adapted a Twitter thread. Of course they did. But it's a wild story. And I think 
uh, is it Jenixa? I can't, I don't, I'm not sure how to, uh, uh I think it's Jenica Braza, Bravo. Jenica Bravo. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but she did a fantastic job directing it. It's really, uh, it's a nice kind of, I don't know. It goes in all these really interesting directions. Like it has a good narrative, but it's also directed in such a way that it doesn't just feel like, oh, this is a wild story. Like it has its own personality and and pop to it that I really liked. Yeah, it's really bold and inventive and fun. Uh, tonally, really diverse. Like it'll make you laugh. It'll make you kind of scared. It'll make you kind of repulsed. Um, it's a really interesting movie. And the performances by Taylor Page and Riley Q are really good. And Nicholas Braun. Oh my God, it's fantastic. Yes. So good in this movie. There's um, also another one coming out that week that I don't think is on your calendar. Um, it's a Netflix movie, comes out June 30th, and it's called America the Motion Picture. Yes. <laughs> it is uh, an animated film uh, directed by Matt Thompson, uh, who has been like co-running the last few seasons of Archer. Uh, this is the movie in which Channing Tatum plays George Washington, uh, produced by Phil Lord, Chris Miller, you know, Adam Reed, a ton of other people. I don't, I like, I've watched the trailer. I don't understand it, but I will watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll give it a go. <laughs> it's like an R-rated satirical take on like the history of America, but you've got Andy Samberg as Benedict Arnold and Jason Mantzoukas as Sam Adams and Olivia Munn as Thomas Edison. Will Forte as Abe Lincoln, of course. Of course. <laughs> Simon Pegg as King James. Like, I will watch this. I will very much watch this. Yeah, for sure. Um... All right. Well, then moving on to July, you know, uh, over that July 4th weekend, it's interesting. It's sort of been vacated um, and they're streaming stuff. But in terms of like a theatrical release, it was supposed to be, like I said, uh, home to Top Gun Maverick and then Top Gun Maverick yeeted out of there yeah. and made its way to November. And I'd be I need, curious to see if anything moves into its place. I think by this point, it's too late. Yeah. You know? um, I'm surprised that the Tomorrow War is not even getting a hybrid release. Uh, mm -hmm. Amazon's like, nope, not going to worry with theaters. Just you have to watch it on Amazon. Here's and I, I saw the trailer and it seems <laughs> you're going to laugh. It reminded me of that South Park episode, My Future Self and Me. <laughs> yes, yes. So, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's just it seems so very <laughs> it just seems very silly. <laughs> but you know, whatever. If I have to watch it on a streamer, a silly film, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, um, I'll check out a sci-fi movie. You know, uh, it. I do like the idea of Sam Richardson being in a sci-fi mm -hmm. action movie and Betty Gilpin. Well, I'm thinking of Sam Richardson the sci-fi movie. I think of him in the the I think you should leave sketch where he's. <laughs> 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 um, so I'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then there's uh, Summer of Soul on Hulu, which I've heard good things about. Uh, so that's a documentary worth checking out. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's going to be a kind of a, I think, you know, honestly, we're like, oh, will anything move in there? And it's, I think it's like, no, F9 gets two weekends. Yeah. Much. Well, and it feels like a streaming weekend. So you've got, well, I guess the Forever Purge is on July 2nd. So that's, mm, sure. that's the whatever. I have not seen any of the Purge movies. So I, I don't know. But I think people, I mean, I'm sure it'll probably do okay. I'm sure there are people who will go out and see a new Purge movie. Um but to me, it's a streaming weekend with the Tomorrow More on Amazon, No Sudden Move, which is the new Soderbergh on July 1st. Um, and then I'm really interested in that Fear Street trilogy that Netflix is doing because they shot three movies in succession. They're going to be released one week after the other and they each take place in a different time period, but follow kind of like a Fear Street connected kind of deal. So that July 4th weekend, Fear Street 1994, and then the next weekend is Fear Street 1978. And then the final one is Fear Street 1966. So it's all the same director, writer. I think it like interweaves the story and stuff. But I think that's an interesting storytelling um, uh, approach by like making a trilogy, releasing it in three successive weekends. Yeah, absolutely. But no sudden move. That's my that's my number one for that weekend. I'm not even, I mean, a new trailer just came out and I'm like, I don't need to watch a trailer. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Soderbergh, written by Ed Solomon. The cat, you know, it's a crime thriller starring Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, del Toro, David Harbour, Ray Liotta, John Hamm, Brendan Fraser, Kieran Culkin, Amy Simons, and Julia Fox. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, That's all you need. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just send me that. Yeah, just let me see it as soon as possible. Yes. For sure. um, all right. And then so moving on to July 9th, uh, 
Friday, July 9th, you have Black Widow, which will be in theaters and on Disney Plus. And it's interesting, like on the one, it's, you know, it's been the last Marvel movie that was in theaters was Spider-Man, uh, was it? What, Far, Far From, from home. home. Far From Home, yeah. I can't, I get all the homes confused. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, No Way Home is the next one. Not, not I think far. it was like a fun little game when they started doing it, but I think in hindsight, people are going to be like, wait, which one was the home? Like, it, I think it, you know, it's a minor quibble, but the home puns, <laughs> I think, are getting a little muddled. So. Right. Um, but in, in a weird way, like, and so it, that came out in July of 2019. Yeah. And Black Widow was originally scheduled for May 1st, I think, of last year. Mm-hmm. And then it got, you know, everything got delayed. And now, you know, it was supposed to kick off phase four. And now it's coming, it'll come behind WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and most of Loki. And I think it's really interesting because it's not like now that we've had these MCU TV shows, it doesn't feel like there's like been a Marvel drought. Yeah. In the way, like, I feel like I, I, we want, we both watched uh, the first two episodes of Loki yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, you know, that's like an, it's, that's like a movie on its own, you know, yes, yeah. it's, it's each episode's like 50 minutes. So I watched a hundred minutes of Loki and I don't know. It's not like I'm, I don't know. I'm not hurting for a new Marvel thing. And yet at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get to see a Marvel film in a theater again. That's cool. Yeah. And that, but that all being said, I'm still not really sold on Black Widow because it feels like too little too late. It feels like a Black Widow movie was something they should have attempted. They should have tried to get out in the aftermath of the first Avengers film. Mm -hmm. And they kept dragging their feet because I, my suspicion is that the story group, you know, and Ike Perlmutter is like, no one's going to buy girl dolls. <laughs> yeah. It's a female superhero. No one's going to buy the toys. <laughs> That's a <laughs> spot on impression. of. Ike I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like. He's very secretive. <laughs> so don't like this. <laughs> um, and so he, I, I don't know. It would ever cause, it took them until 2020. They were going to, it was going to take until 2020 to make Black Widow. And oh, by the way, the character's dead. <laughs> she died in Avengers <laughs> game but this is a backstory it's so weird and then and then to to top it all off it doesn't even feel like her story it feels like a transition story where it's like we all know this is about handing the role to um florence pew florence pew thank you so it's a weird film it doesn't it doesn't feel like maybe in its best form it's like it's a sort of a a swan song for johansson playing this character but i'm i'm apprehensive about it because it just the, the, from, you know, I think it, it 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 came out long after it should have come out, and it also coming now at a weird time where it's not even getting to kick off phase four. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'll see it. I'm excited for it. It you know it's been and also you know it's funny. It's you know there was the opportunity at one point for for a Black Widow film to be the first you know female led Marvel superhero film and it wasn't it went to it was Captain Marvel which was a massive success mm-hmm. like people forget Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars um, worldwide I and and so I'm curious to see how Black Widow will perform because Marvel movies are do make a lot of bank but if you split it between theaters and Disney Plus and you know how much interest is there in this character now that she's dead. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious how this performs. I'm still excited to see it. I really like that cast. Uh, you know, I'm, I like Scarlett Johansson's take on the character and I like the idea of delving into her backstory more and mm-hmm. kind of finding out what, you know, there are always these hints and uh, nods, mostly that Joss Whedon put together of, of, you know, the red in her ledger and, and all of that stuff. I'm curious to see that come to the screen and curious to see how it ties together. But I do think you're right. I think, uh, Already, they were kind of pushing it by putting it in 2020 after Avengers Endgame. But at this point, it's just so long after. Because I think it was supposed to serve as like a coda. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, after Avengers Endgame, it was our kind of final. It was a it was a goodbye of sorts that also moves forward. And uh, then after Black Widow was supposed to be like, and now all the new stuff. So I don't know if they're hedging their bets by also putting on a Disney plus so that then like Shang-Chi is like the real start of like the new MCU going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you're right. Especially having seen 
three Marvel Disney Plus shows at this point that very much move the story forward uh, and are not necessarily dwelling on the Avengers Endgame of it all. Um, although I guess WandaVision and Falcon were, were pretty heavily dealing with that stuff. But yeah, I'll be curious to see how much that hurts it. But honestly, I'm excited to see a new Marvel movie in theaters. Like, I'll, I'll watch it. On the whole, yeah. they're all pretty good. So Yeah, they're, I mean, that's the thing about Marvel. Like, I, I don't know. I can't stand, like, I can't, not that I can't stand. I just, I don't get, like, I'm so mad at Marvel movies. I'm like, why? Most yeah. of them are pretty entertaining. Yeah. And it's like, they're not the only, like, they're not the only movies that exist. You know, like, if you don't want to watch Marvel films, you don't have to watch Marvel films. Like, you know, there, I mean, I guess it's upsetting when something you don't like is successful, but, you know, I don't, I mean, and I guess we just, I, we, we literally just talked about that with Fast and Furious, but we also said, like, <laughs> Godspeed if you like it. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just be magnanimous about it, I suppose. All right. Moving on to Friday, July 16th, we get Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters and HBO Max. Uh, This looks like the worst shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, and I say this as something, I mean, so last year we had everyone on the Collider staff, we were trying out a watch party feature on Netflix and uh, we all decided to watch Space Jam together. And Space Jam fucking sucks. <laughs> like that, <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's not movie. a good film. And I say this as someone who was obsessed with Space Jam as a kid. You know, I loved every aspect of it spoke to me because I was super into the NBA. I was super into Michael Jordan. I enjoyed the Looney Tunes. Um, and like acknowledging that it sucks doesn't denigrate any of that. I still stand by the fact that as a kid, I, I really loved that movie. But I can also acknowledge as an adult, that movie is very bad. It's not a good movie. Yeah, your childhood wasn't bad. It's just that you watched a film in your childhood and the film was bad. Yeah, it's fine. And I can still like, you know, get some like nostalgia kicks from watching it a little bit. But if like sitting there and actively watching it for an hour and a half was a pretty painful experience. Right. And that's the thing. It's not even particularly well animated. It's not really that funny. It just feels like a branding exercise. And basically watching the trailer for Space Jam and New Legacy is like, if you like branding exercises, just you wait. It does feel really soulless, but also like not original after the Lego Batman movie. Like it's like, didn't you guys already do this with the Lego Batman movie? Right. Just bringing in all this IP again. Or even the Lego movie. But like the Lego movie sort of like it works on the, in the Lego movie for two reasons. One is that Lord and Miller are geniuses. Um, But second, like, oh, Lego sets as a, you can literally bring them together. And there's, you know, spoiler alert, that's the framing device of the film, essentially, is that there's a kid mashing all these sets together, which is what you can do in real life. So it makes sense. Whereas Space Jam, it's like, I mean, a lot of people were like, why are the droogs from A Clockwork Orange in the background of this film? And it's because someone at Warner Brothers is like, we own the Kubrick IP, so let's drop that in there. And it's like, have you seen A Clockwork Orange? No. Why? <laughs> is that important? <laughs> are these characters not fun-loving scamps? They look pretty fun. Yeah. Don't they just twirl their canes around and sing songs or something like that? Yeah. Doesn't seem too bad. People love Kubrick. It'll be fine. <laughs> You know, honestly, at that point, it's like, well, but I hope you get Vincent D'Onofrio in there for a full metal jacket callback. Cause he, yeah, it feels pretty soulless. And I am fascinated by the fact that the original director and cinematographer left after a few weeks of filming. But I'm also intrigued because Ryan Coogler's involved. Like he produced it. His brother wrote the script. He, you know, this is what he was doing before Black Panther 2. He was working on Space Jam yeah. Legacy. I mean, if you were directing, I'd feel differently. And that's no yeah. slight against Malcolm D. Lee. Um, but man, looking at that trailer, it just looks exactly like, look at all Warner Brothers being like, look at all of our IP. Yeah. And like LeBron James being like, look, I'm even better than Michael Jordan. I need people to know that I'm better than Michael Jordan. It looks like it might've started as a cool idea. And then as it got further and further, Warner Brothers was like, all right, you also need to add this and you also need to add this and you need to pull that out. And you pull that out and you do more of this and mm-hmm. it just started to like morph into but again i'm doing the thing that i hate which is i'm judging an entire movie based on the trailer so we'll i'm see. you know yeah we'll see but also like it's not the most outlandish belief when you consider that oh yeah warner brothers also made ready player one yeah you know like and they also made the lego movie like it's not coming out of nowhere 
which I saw a bit of Ready Player One on TV this weekend, and I I may need to retract my defense of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still- listen, the, the, the shining sequence still rules, but it was the snippet where he's having the conversation with Ben Mendelsohn and Ben Mendelsohn's being like fed the info. And he's like, you know, I love to pop open a tab and play some blah, blah, blah. And then like the retort from Ty Sheridan is like a fanboy knows a hater. And it's just this whole like, oh God, I'm embarrassed just talking about it the spiel the spielberg love has its limits with ready player i think one. he's the one of the best filmmakers of all time i think that story for ready player one is pretty garbage yeah no it's i enjoy gar- some of the like technical aspects of that film but i don't know there's a weird detour but like you mentioned ready player one and it very much triggered me no that's fine <laughs> um then also on july 16th you get escape room two uh i actually liked the first escape room i thought it was pleasantly like a, like as a pg-13 saw essentially like it's it's pretty entertaining so i don't know if anyone needs to go out of their way to see it but also like if, if you're like psyched for the new escape room i totally get where you're coming from yeah i have not seen them but i saw that trailer and i was like i'd watch that movie yeah um then on uh friday july 23rd you get snake eyes gi joe origins um i'm i i don't really have any affinity towards gi joe as a franchise you know i i didn't really i didn't grow up with those toys um i thought gi joe the rise of cobra was actually oddly kind of fun and then the sequel what retro was retribution retaliation retaliation yeah i was like i don't really need this <laughs> um and then I, I was like did they make another one in between that or is this this the next gi joe film matt the answer is who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> well i need to know all the the ins and outs of the gi joe mythology the only real aspect i'm really looking forward to with gi joe origins because i really like henry golding as mm-hmm. an actor um but I don't know. I don't really, it's like, here's how this ninja, here's his, his story. It's like, isn't the whole point that he's mysterious and like, you never see his face. And he's like, what, what are we doing here? And it's like, we're making another GI Joe. Also Robert Schwenke is like the most journeyman of journeyman directors. Oh, he's not even good, man. No, He's not even good. Like he directed the sequel to red yeah. and that was bad. And he directed uh, like, Man, you want to talk about director jail and how some it doesn't exist for some folks? That man directed R.I.P.D. And then directed two Divergent movies, the second of which was a part one. Part two never got made. <laughs> and he's still out here making movies. Although I think his last movie was like a more personal one tied to uh, where he was from. It was, uh, it was an international film, I think. I didn't ever watch it, but it does feel like he's like a really reliable like studio guy. Yeah, he's German, sure. so he made a German film. Oh, The Captain. He made The Captain. You saw The Captain, right? No. Oh, thought you did. <laughs> no. Right. Maybe I did. The, I forgot uh, it. Who was in it? Uh, oh, I'm thinking of the Jai Courtney one. This isn't that. No, no, that's a different one. No, I, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember that one. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Schwinski is like, he's the guy that you hire to keep a movie on budget, on schedule, and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, inspire a ton of confidence. Exactly. Ah, well, this came out on time and under budget. So that's that's what drives me to the theater. Uh, also on July 23rd, you get the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Old. And I, I genuinely don't know how to feel about Shyamalan anymore. I really, like, it was, <laughs> like, there was this period where, was like, ah, you know, he's the greatest. And then it was like, ah, he's fucking bullshit. And then he came back, he's like, ah, he's the greatest. And then he did gl- he did Glass. It's like, ah, I don't even know. <laughs> he drowned. I don't drowned know. I I have no idea what his directorial identity is anymore. I don't either. I don't watch Servant. So I haven't seen Servant either. I've heard uh, it's good though. I've heard it's good, but I also like don't want to watch a horror series on the regular. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but I, I, everything I've seen from old looks good. It looks like a really good hook. And I think we've all kind of grown up to the point. It's like, yeah, his movies have twists. Okay. (laughs) You know, the question is, is how successful will that twist be? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I think I like what old is putting out there. I think it's an interesting th- horror thriller premise, and yeah. I'm excited to see. And it's also the thing about Shyamalan films is that his movies look good too. Like mm-hmm. you know, he knows how to make, he knows how to how to frame a shot. So yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be worth checking out. 
Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see it. I, I do feel like the trailer just like reveals the entire movie except for the ending. Um, but yeah, the premise yeah. is is intriguing. So. Yeah. So then we move on to July 30th, and you have Jungle Cruise, which will again be theaters and Disney Plus. Uh, I hope it's good, man. I yeah. actually I have I have pretty. I mean, a director who's really grown on me is is Wame Colette Sarah, the director. Um, and I think he knows how to make films kind of delightfully bonkers. And I'm hoping that Jungle Cruise is delightfully bonkers. Like, I hope it's kind of in that Pirates of the Caribbean mold. Like, yeah. oh, these guys are getting away with something on Disney's dime. And it looks, you know, like, uh, and I mean, I love, I, I got a big laugh in the trailer where Jesse Plemons pops out of a sub <laughs> and goes, hello, Jen, and start hello, shooting, <laughs> and start shooting at them. So like, if it, that that's the kind of energy I want from this movie. Yeah. I want like bananas bonkers, like go for the rafters level uh, kind of cartoonishness. Which is also then... fitting because Jungle Cruise is essentially a joke ride. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like if you've ridden Jungle Cruise, it's like uh, you get on a boat and the tour guide tells jokes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the ride. So it, the movie should be funny. And the chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt looks delightful. So I'll definitely see this one in theaters. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, another good one coming out on July 30th or one that looks good is The Green Knight uh, yes. from David Lowry. Oh, it looks so, so cool. Uh, it's based on the legend of Gawain, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, uh, but it's got Dev Patel. Uh, uh, who else is in it? Who else is in this one? Like, I feel like Sean Harris is in this. Barry Keegan, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, good cast. Ralph Ness um, and Kate Dickey from, from The Witch. Got, yeah, I got your witch pals. It's just like really hardcore fantasy. Like yeah. really R-rated hardcore fantasy Hellboy 2 level nerd nerdassery that I'm <laughs> looking forward to see. I'm very much here for. Yeah. So yeah, that looks fantastic. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, and then there's Stillwater, which I'm excited for because it's the new Tom McCarthy. But I'm also kind of like, I saw the trailer and I'm sort of, it, it feels like a weird, like, I'm not sure what to make of it. Like, it feels yeah. like, so this is kind of an Amanda Knox case where yeah. it's like, my daughter is being accused of a crime in a country that she's not from. But then there's sort of like this sort of like, uh, but then like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. Um, yeah, because it's like, then it's like conservative father finds out his daughter's a lesbian too. And like, is that part of the story? Yeah. And then he's Stillwater like, is a town in Oklahoma. It's where Oklahoma State University is. And like Matt Damon's character and, and Abigail Brisson's character from Stillwater is mm -hmm. where the title comes from. But it looks like Matt Damon's playing like rugged, rough Oklahoma man, you know, goes to France and is out of his depth. Yeah. I just, I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. I will say, God, very, very slight. This is not, I don't think this is what it is. Very slight hereafter vibes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon in another country as an American, um, which was just like one of Clint Eastwood's most baffling films that he's ever made. Do you remember I, hereafter? I do remember hereafter. My favorite hereafter story is it was Peter Morgan, I believe, who wrote mm -hmm. the script. And he's like, this script isn't done. I'm going to put it in a drawer. And Clint Eastwood pulled it out of the drawer and says, I've found my next movie. <laughs> and Peter Morgan's like, uh. It's not finished yet. It's not finished. And Clint's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I need, a, everyone needs a hobby. And this is mine. <laughs> we'll shoot it anyway. We'll shoot it. It'll be on time and under budget. But yeah, this is Tom McCarthy's follow-up to uh, winning the Oscar for Best Picture with, with Spotlight. No, it isn't. No, so it isn't. What did he make? Timmy Failure. Oh, that's right. Which was delightful. I heard it was good. It is. It's on Disney+. I Plus. did not see it. Yeah, no. It's his follow-up to Timmy Failure, sir. Okay. Clearly, I fucked up. <laughs> it's his first dramatic follow-up. Well, I'll give you that. Okay. Uh, okay, and then we move on to August. Uh, on August 6th, you have The Suicide Squad on in theaters and HBO max. And my excitement over this one is, is sort of wavering, I suppose, like on paper, it's like, yes, James Gunn gets to do the R rated superhero movie and it looks weird and, and what have you. But also like, I feel like sometimes 
James Gunn is a director who would benefit from some someone saying no. <laughs> yeah. Like I think James Gunn, like I think he worked really well within the Marvel machine because mm-hmm. Marvel is like can push back on him and be like, you like we want you to make it like your personality, but you also have to keep it PG 13. And like we need to hit this, 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 and this. And like he works really well within that. But like when you leave him to his own devices, like from his mind, you will get films like um Brightburn. And, uh, oh, what was the one in the office? The Belko experiment. That was awful. Um, and so, you know, for Warner Brothers to be like, you can do whatever you want, James. <laughs> Just make a Suicide Squad movie. I'm nervous. I feel like the more I see of it, the less excited I am for it. Yes, Not that it looks it, bad, but it just looks like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem new or fresh or exciting. It doesn't seem... It doesn't seem as fun as it should be. And I, you know, it's funny in a weird way that feels like the inverse of like the first Suicide Squad, which I thought had really good marketing. And then the film itself was sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe the film will be good. I just, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I don't know what to think. Um, I worry that Idris Elba is miscast. I don't, he, I don't think he's very good at comedy. And I know people love him on The Office. I, I, I don't think yeah, he works on the offices. I know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I. But that being said, I don't know if I would say that Idris Elba is bad at comedy. Um, but it, it it sort of it depends on how you use him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, I feel like there's some sort of Idris Elba role that he works well in comedy, but I'm not. It. You know what? Oh, it, you know, I would. No, I don't. I don't have it. I don't have it. <laughs> I thought like, I had I it. Had it. I thought I, I thought I had it with um, Molly's game, but even there, not really. Like he's good at, I mean, the Sorkin dialogue is yeah, yeah. witty. He's a great actor, but he's I, a great I actor. Don't know and like, you know, and I mean, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, like, yeah, that's like, he's charismatic, but like, is he funny? And that's the question. I mean, that's a different, that's a different question that you're trying to answer. I'm uh, definitely going to see it. And I'm definitely still excited for it. I just like the kind of, I was excited for it sight unseen as like, ooh, James Gunn unfiltered. But the more I see of it, I'm like, oh, it looks like a Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah. But we'll s- perhaps like the fun of it is in the idiosyncrasies that, that uh, you know, are within mm-hmm. the film. So right. We'll see. And, and obviously we're going to see it. We have to see it first. Oh, for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Um, then on August 13th, we have- Oh, you're skipping a big one on August 6th. I motherfucker, I need to update my <laughs> calendar. It this is, is not- John in is- the hole. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I actually saw that movie. Fuck you. That's <laughs> favorite film from I was about, to write, I was about to write something down about like, oh, I got to update this. No, I'm not updating them from John you in the Hole. You got to add John in the Hole. I don't have to do shit. <laughs> okay, we can move on. I don't want to denigrate the movie, uh, uh-huh. but... Uh... I do. I sat through it. <laughs> uh, August 13th, we have Free Guy. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on how, how Free Guy looks? Because I, I have thoughts. I think it looks fun. I mean, I uh, I think Ryan Reynolds is a really fun performer who's been in a lot of bad movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily like, I'm not like full on like, yes, this movie will be great. But that that particular premise, um, that of like, what if an NBC, NPC came to life inside a, a an online video game, um, I think is really fun. Uh, I like Jodie Comer a lot. Uh, I like the idea of Taika Waititi being in it. I think Sean Levy is, you know, he can be a, a really fine director when, you know, when the time strikes. I, See, like, I think I, this is where I leave you is, is all right. I think some of his stuff is, is not wonderful, but he knows I, how to do that like big budget family thing. So. See, I feel like Levy is like a mediocre at best director. I think he's a more successful producer than director. Um, as a director, you know, I've seen all three of those Night at the Museum movies, man. And they're yeah. they're not very good. <laughs> and like Real Steel is okay. Um, but even there, like, I, and I guess my thing with Free Guy is like, on the one hand, I like the concept, but when I watch the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is like they live. Like he puts on glasses and can see things for what they are. But like, as opposed to satire and social commentary, it's like video games. Yeah, so, I think it's just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not expecting some deep. No, I'm not expecting it either. I just, you know, I think it'll be, if, if it is light and fluffy entertainment, I will be satisfied. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that I've been missing, you know, over the pandemic year of like something to go to a theater to see something like this. 
where it's like, yeah, it was fine. Like I, you know, it didn't offer me a whole meal, but it was satisfying popcorn. So, right. So yeah, I feel like there is with real money on the screen, like a big budget show it. Like I, I like the look of it too. So, yeah. And is that the first 20th century studios movie we're getting this summer? Cause like everything has been kicked around the schedule. I think that it might be. Yeah. Because yeah. they keep know, the, moving the, the King's, King's man, man. <laughs> <laughs> the King's man and, you know, Godspeed to, to Disney figure trying to figure out what they're going to do with, uh, uh, the sequel to murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. to death on the Nile. Good Woman in the Window that. was technically a 20th Century Studios movie, but it was really Got, distributed so by dumb. Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. As far as I can see, yeah. Okay. So what else we got? We got... Uh, Sorry, I got lost my place. We have Respect, the Aretha Franklin biopic on August 13th. Looks, looks fine. Looks Another like, cradle to grave kind of deal. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we should pay. I mean, look, it's Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin makes a lot of sense. I'll put it that way. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but we'll see how it is. Not much to say about that one. Uh, also on August 13th, uh, coming to Apple TV plus we have Coda, which was the big Sundance hit this year. The only Sundance hit this year, but also <laughs> the biggest Sundance hit, like the the highest sale ever for a Sundance film. Yeah, um, and I get it. Like seeing the film, I totally get it. It is one hundred percent crowd pleaser. Um, I think it's really good. I think people are gonna really they're gonna see it and they're gonna feel uplifted and and really moved. And I think it was. I mean, if you're Apple and you have the money, why not? Yeah. Um, I, I I recommend it. It's for those who don't know. It's about uh, a young woman. And she can hear, uh, but her brother and parents are deaf and they uh, run a small fishing business and they sort of rely on her to be their translator, but she wants to go off and pursue her dream of singing. So it's a sort of, you know, coming of age story about, you know, what she's caught, you know, caught between her own desires and, and trying to be there for her family. And it's, it's just really well done. I'm excited to see it. I missed that one. It's on it's. Yeah, there was limited seating, Adam. In the virtual <laughs> theater, there was limited seating. Um, then on August 20th, you have The Night House, which uh, is the new film from David Bruckner. I'm excited for that. Uh, I think he's a good director. Uh, he, he, did one of, of, he was one of the directors on a film I really like uh, called The Signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, was, he also directed uh, the, one in, the one in the forest, right? The, the, the one with Rafe Oh, Ball The Ritual? And, yeah, the ritual. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he the ritual. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's a pretty solid horror director. And this one has Rebecca Hall, and I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um then also that weekend is reminiscence. On August 20th mm-hmm. or August or August 13th. Update your damn calendar. I'm trying to. Is it August 13th or August 20th? It's August 20th. Okay. Thank you. On HBO Max and, and theaters. theaters. Yeah, I um <laughs> <laughs> Look, it man, looks Westworldy. I, I mean, it's, that's it's, the thing, man. I sat through three fucking seasons of Westworld, and yeah. fuck it, man. They, I, ooh, oof. and I'm someone who like I will hang with Westworld through the entire season, and when it's over, I'll be like, yeah, that was not super duper satisfying. And then whenever the and next two season years of later, you'll two be years like, later, two I'm years like, later, time to rewatch Westworld in anticipation <laughs> of the new season. I'm like, I'm kind of digging this. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, sci-fi stories like that. And uh-huh. this one feels like a Westworld meets uh, inception kind of deal. And I like the cast, Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, and Tandwee Newton. I mean, that's pretty terrific. No, it's a good cast. An I mean, original just... story from, you know, a female person of color, writer, director. So well, now I now I look like the asshole. Now you look like an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Well, looks sometimes are not deceiving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also on August twentieth, you have a, like a B movie that looks pretty fun called The Protege, uh, which is um, so again Samuel Jackson. Quick, Samuel Jackson is cashing a paycheck so hard in this movie he dies in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's true. It's the new film from Martin Campbell, man. I have to give it up for Campbell. He directed mm-hmm. Casino Royale and Mask of Zorro. Um, and I just ignore that he directed also directed Green Lantern. Um, yeah, he's got a wildly inconsistent filmography. He does. 
but this like the trailer looks fun it's got michael keaton and maggie q maggie mm-hmm. q is the is the uh, eponymous protege and she is uh going after keaton and you know i can hang i can hang with it yeah yeah i'm into it i'll i'll uh i'll see that movie somewhere yeah. somehow <laughs> Uh, and then finally, on August 27th, uh, we have Candy. Oh, and I'm, I, I, I skipped over uh, your your most anticipated film. Of, of Is it summer. Paw Patrol the movie? Yeah, you skipped, skipped over Paw yes. Patrol the movie. <laughs> Cannot wait for Paw Patrol the movie. Cop dogs. <laughs> <laughs> With an impressive voice cast of Kim Kardashian West, Dax Shepard, Tyler Perry, and Jimmy Kimmel. Money well spent. <laughs> uh, all right. And then on... August uh, 27th, Friday, August 27th, we have Candyman uh, from Nia DaCosta. And I'm very excited for that uh, yeah. because I feel like, have you seen, did you see the original Candyman? I've not seen the original Candyman. The original Candyman has a lot of promise, but it's also like, like on the one hand, it's like, oh, here is a black supernatural villain. That's really cool. But on the other hand, it's like, here are white fears about black, about black men and white women. And it's yeah. like, and it's just, it's sort of these two conflicting forces. Um, but it's a really like, it's a, it's one of those things that's like, yes, you should remake this because you have the core idea correct, but the, the, the execution was off. Yeah. And so I'm really excited. I really liked, uh, Nia Takasa's previous film, uh, Little Woods. Um, and so I'm very excited to see what she'll, she'll do here. And I mean, you've got, uh, yeah, is it Yaha? Yaya? Yaya. 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 Abdul Mateen II. Abdul, Abdul Mateen II as in the, in the lead role. So I'm very excited to see what, uh, what happens with Candyman. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then finally, you'll have the Beatles get back, um, which is Peter Jackson applying the digital restoration tools he used for uh, "They Shall Not Grow Old" and applying it to Beatles footage uh, and the recording of the get back of of uh, that album of "Get Back" and up leading up to their concert on the roof of Abbey Road Studios. And so I'm I'm a huge Beatles fan. So for me, this is like yes, I will I will do whatever I need to to see this movie. My uh, man has so much money. He's just spending two years just fiddling with Beatles footage. And Apple's like, can we release it? And he's like, sure. Yeah, you can make a movie. Yeah, we'll make a movie. Sure. It's Disney. Do this for fun. Oh, is it Disney? I thought it was it's, Apple. No, it's Disney. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing. Like, like they're just like, yeah, I'll just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. But um, sure. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like Peter Jackson is directing, but not directing in the way that we were like, oh, what's your follow-up to the what was it was what was his last like official directorial effort was it it was mortal engines no no it was <laughs> well but he didn't officially direct that the last one was hobbit three uh yes it was the hobbit yeah he didn't officially direct mortal engines. yeah um and then he is the director of they shall not grow old this is a documentary and now this documentary but mm-hmm. i'm excited for it so you know that's our summer um i guess the question is i guess you know we, we play this game every time what do you think will be the the, the highest grossing film of the summer are we talking worldwide or domestic? Worldwide. Worldwide, I think it's probably going to be F9. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. If we were just doing domestic, I would maybe say Black Widow. Yeah. But even Although there, it's Black, tricky because tricky internationally. Of the Disney, well, well inter- I was thinking of the Disney Plus of it all. Oh, uh, well, I was thinking of like internationally, the vaccine rollout is wildly disproportionate. So like mm. who knows exactly like how many right. people are going to theaters and stuff. So. Anyway, our predictions are always correct and can yes. always be followed. <laughs> Whew, so that is our summer movie preview. Um, yeah, it, it's just good to be back to the movies, man. I, I gotta I say, it's I, even films I'm not super excited for. I'm like, yeah, I'll see. Yeah, you offer me a screening, I'm there. Yeah, so. I can't wait to see In the Heights in the theater and a lot of these other movies that we talked about in the theater. Um, yeah, namely Paw Patrol. Faxed <laughs> up summer, going to see Paw Patrol. Yes. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to keep up with this podcast, you should follow us on Twitter. Adam, where can we find you on Twitter? At Adam Chitwood. You can find me at Matt Goldberg. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with you next week.